guys, this is Din. And this is Rush. And welcome to Z-Talk, the Zelda Dungeon Podcast. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know, I just had this weird thought in my head for some reason. Um, anyways guys, this is Z-Talk number 23, almost at the two-year mark. Almost. We're gonna have more. We're gonna have another birthday. We are gonna have another birthday. And I promise, guys, I want to tell you ahead of time, we have some very exciting stuff coming up. We're going to have two themed podcasts coming up pretty quick. And uh, we also have a new and exciting change to the Keegan Quiz coming, but more on that later. Let's get to the podcast. Hey guys, this is Rishing coming at you with this edition of Community Tips, brought to you by Moblin Security. Because the last thing you need is a hero ruining your evil plans. So guys, for this edition of the Community Tip, I'm going to talk to you guys about how to find the threads that we put up for the podcast. Because there's two of them. There's the Keaton Quiz sign-up, and there is the thread that we have for each podcast where you guys can comment. So what you're going to do is you are going to go to forums... Then you are going to find the community section of the forums. It's about halfway down the page. And then you're going to click on the link called Community Area. Once you've gone into there, you'll look about three or four down, and you'll find the sticky threads. The one called ZTalk Keaton Quiz Contestant Sign-Up, and the one called ZTalk, the Zelda Dungeon Podcast number whatever. Whatever we're on at that time. And that's where you guys can post, either to sign up for the Keaton Quiz, or to give us your feedback. So, that's all we have time for this time on Community Tips. So, this is Rishian, and this was Community Tips, brought to you by Moblin Security. Because the last thing you need is a hero ruining your evil plans. everyone for our first segment here on july's podcast we have axel the beast and he's coming to us from lon lon ranch how'd he get out there i don't know he's you know it's that beastly quality of him he can just bamf around no that's you i don't know what did you teach him how to bamf i taught him nothing he got out there somehow Anyways, I think he's going to talk to us about Epona. Take it away, Axel. Well, hey there, guys. I'm Axel the Beast. You probably haven't heard from me on the podcast in a while. Well, I'm going to be participating more with a new segment. This segment, if that wasn't clear, uh, The Wandering Beast. I'll be covering any and all subjects Zelda while traveling around, and that brings me to my current location. See, I've just arrived at Lon Lon Ranch. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ingo. I'll stay out of your way, don't worry. <laughs> sorry th- sorry about that, everyone. Uh, Ingo was moving some horses and I got in his way. Anyway, uh, I'm here at the Lon Lon Ranch because I want to talk about Epona. Uh, any of you, of you who uh, watched the marathon might remember that Gooey skipped getting Epona while playing Ocarina of Time, so it's kind of a fresh issue I want to tackle. Uh... Oh, look, there's a pawn right over there. And Balan, looking good, as always. Mm. 
uh, anyway, uh, I'm not going to go over there because I'm going to be talking about reasons I don't particularly care for Epona, and I don't know, I might get trampled or at least make Malin mad. Now, don't get alarmed at me saying that. I don't ha I don't completely hate Epona or anything. I just think that Epona's not as big a deal as some people make her out to be and have some qualms with the game design with her in recent games. I also do think Epona is essentially a good idea, and at the end I will cover what can be done to make her amazing, and I think that even if you disagree with my criticisms, we'll be on the same page at the end of this. So, please don't go. Um, so, my issues with Epona began in Ocarina of Time. Admittedly, I didn't have a problem with Epona when I first played the game, but after a few more playthroughs, I noticed that I didn't really have that much fun with Epona. Uh, the main issue lies with how Epona is, at least in my eyes, essentially a useless addition to the game. I know some people just enjoyed riding across Hyrule Field on Epona, and the field is probably designed with this in mind, so that's fine, but me personally, I didn't. It's unoffensive, but it's not fun for me. It's just a non-moment for me as far as enjoying the game goes. Epona might be useful for fast transportation early on, but that's the extent of it. Once you get the warp song, she's useless. She isn't even needed to enter Gerudo Valley like some people think. I only found out you could even use Epona to get in recently. I, use, I always use the long shot to get across the broken bridge. Epona isn't needed. Maybe Epona would have more point if Hyrule Field was a major portion of the game, but honestly Hyrule Field is almost useless too. There's some caves and whatnot sprinkled around, but nothing seriously thrilling, and they're in small number. The, pig, the big bow side quest is something that requires Epona, but honestly I found it to be pretty irritating, so that's of no help. In Majora's Mask, Epona returns, but it's arguably even more pointless. She's needed to enter Great Bay and Icona Canyon, but that's the extent of her usefulness. You can ride her across Termina Field, but she cannot enter any other areas except for the earliest portions of a few of the four regions. Now, uh, Majora's Mask improves over Ocarina of Time in the fact that Epona is needed for two brief portions, but if you ask me, she's shoehorned in as an arbitrary restriction, and there's something else. Termina Field is much more condensed than Hyrule Field was. There's a lot of content and a lot of different objects. This means there's less reason to want to ride through it quickly because there's more stuff to check out. And it also is more difficult to ride a ride without bumping into things, or at least it was for me. Throw in the Bunny Hood and the Goron Mask for other modes of fast transportation in addition to more warping, and then Epona is even less useful. Uh, oh, uh, I'm so, I, I just stepped in some, like... Uh, uh, horse poo, I think. Uh, I'll clean this off later. Horse poo's not that bad. Okay, anyway, uh, on to Twilight Princess. W while I complain about this game a lot, thinking about things objectively, I need to admit that Twilight Princess is the closest to really getting Epona right. While Hyrule Field tends to be a pointless area, just like the other games, uh, there are secrets to find, but they're separated by enough distance that Epona is actually very useful in getting to them and traveling through to the other areas. There's also a lot of realism applied to Epona and to the map that make it feel like you're SUPPOSED to be riding her. I'll, I'll elaborate on that in a, element in a, in a bit, but... There's also some added depth to riding Epona, allowing for some cool maneuvers and even combat options. There are still problems, though. The warping is actually even more of a bane to Epona than it was before, but for different reasons. In this game, the problem is that when you warp elsewhere, you have no means to call Epona. There's horse grass to call her with, but horsegrass locations are few and far between, so there's many times when trying to find horsegrass will take as long as warping and running to a location will. Especially when you can turn into a wolf at will. By the time you get to the horse whistle and are able to call Epona at will, there is absolutely no value to that ability because you've already explored every area in the game and uncovered every single warp point. 
The combat depth also goes down the drain uh, because there's only two significant horseback battles in the entire game. It's an unexplored mechanic. If they'd, give a, if they'd given us the horse whistle early in the game and given us more horseback battles, it would have been almost perfect for once. Uh, bottom line is when I, as well, I think Epona is cool, she's just a horse. <laughs> Getting a little paranoid. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Epona's only appeared in three games. She's hardly a staple of the series, and as I've gone over, she's also not much of a contributor to the gameplay. She probably could be, but isn't. I think some fans think of Epona as something bigger than she is and treat her like a necessary standard of the series when she's neither necessary nor a standard. Uh, not to insult anyone, I, I just think that some of the Zelda fans hold unrealistic expectations of the series regarding a horse. Um, as I said, I don't think Epona is all bad, at least not in concept. While she's just a simple horse, she does have the advantage of adding a level of realism and immersion to the game. When you can just warp anywhere, it really starts to feel like a video game. But with some realistic transportation options, it really grounds you in the world. Part of the reason I dislike Epona is, again, not because of Epona herself, but because of mishandling. When the overworld tells you to just run past everything and continue with the game, you've got a problem if you're playing an adventure game, especially in a series like Zelda, where some of its best designed games thrive off giving you additional content to explore. Uh, modern Zelda treats it like you can only have it one way. You can have elaborate overworlds with lots of content, or you can have grand horseback riding through empty fields. That's an oversimplification, and a really inappropriate one. My proposal is to take a few hints from the PlayStation 2 classic's Shadow of the Colossus. That game offered a massive, realistic, expansive, and beautiful world to traverse. You rode on horseback through this landscape, and it offered virtually no content besides the 16 bosses you were supposed to seek out and fight. Uh, let's have some of that in Zelda, but let's combine it with A Link to the Past. Give us an expansive, incredible world like that. Give us a horse, but give it better pathing than it was it had in Shadow of the Colossus so it literally won't just run into stuff and grind to a halt. You can control it, but it will also avoid obstacles that you clearly don't want it to run into and continue in the same general direction that you want it to, allowing you to navigate fields, paths, and obstacle-filled forests with equal ease. Along the way, there can be lots of interesting stops with enemies, awesome sights, and secrets and caves. There will be distance between clusters of this kind of content ridden across, ridden across on horseback. Uh, m maybe you could have the overworld separated with landmarks. Landmarks are far apart but can be seen from a distance, and there's always a lot of lots of content around a landmark. You know, it's an idea. Some intelligent game design could fix all the problems. We just need to see that in Zelda. So yeah, I hope I didn't upset anyone too much, and I hope people like my thoughts on how to improve things. Be sure to tell me how you feel about it down in the comments for the podcast, but go comment on the others other segments too. I definitely don't think Epona is horrible. I might think that Epona sucks in all the games that exist, but... Oh. Uh, hi. Hi, Malin. And, uh, Epona. Axel? Axel, can you hear us? Axel? Um, I think we're having some technical difficulties right now. You better go see Te if he's okay. Just, just keep it going. Go see if he's okay. Huh? Um, so we're going to move on to the uh, next segment on the podcast. Yeah. 
It's time for the mailbag! Alright, and welcome back to the mailbag, guys. We have one voice question this time. Only one? And we're going to try to get through a whole bunch of text ones. Yeah, I guess I gotta clean out the uh, old library. Yeah, we should try. So, we'll um, head to our first voice question. Hey, you two. It's Colonel Major again. This is actually a quick question for Rish. Who scares you more? Girahim or Tingle? You know what? That's a really tough question because uh, they both scare me, but for different reasons. I think it's an awesome question. <laughs> uh, Tingle doesn't really scare me, per se. He annoys me very, very much. And I will pop his balloon every time I see him. But Girahim, you know, he appears behind you and, like, licks your ear and stuff. Like, he creeps me out. I don't think either of them scare me. Girahim creeps me out and Tingle annoys me. That's going to be my answer for that one. That was a serious answer. I didn't expect a serious answer out of that question. <laughs> well, you know what? It's a very serious question, you know? Okay. Girahim's creepy <laughs> and Tingle's annoying. Okay. Straight up. So that's my answer for that. Well, let's move on to the text questions. Our first one is from Eon Ninja. And the first question out of two, actually, is if you could have one of the three goddess gifts from Orcarina of Time, meaning Din's Fire, <laughs> Feyre's Wind, or Nairu's Love in real life, why would you pick it and what would you use it for? Oh. Well, I think we can guess what I'd pick. Is it something to do with fire? Maybe. Maybe. But what would you use it for? Setting fire to the house? No. I would use it for magic tricks, man. And because... I can make everyone in this room vaporize! <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have an extreme um, like for fire. I find fa fire fascinating, and I would use it as a party trick mostly but i mean you could use it for other things you could use it for birthday candles you know campfires that is one <laughs> heck of a birthday candle <laughs> all right how about you you didn't answer um you know what i don't know i i have a hard time with it i would probably go with the one that teleports me all over the place yeah because Ferris i'd wind. be like oh i forgot something at home Good thing I set that teleport portal there so I could teleport home, do whatever it is I forgot at home, and then teleport back to where I was. No used gas, no driving for four hours back if I was on a trip. There you go. Seems like a pretty good idea to me. And the uh, second question we have, also from Eon Ninja, is are you for or against voice acting? Against. Yeah, I'm going to have to say against as well, at least for Link. Yeah. Everyone else, I'd be okay with it. Well, I don't know about everyone else, but I'm I'm fine and okay with, like, Midna and and Fee's, Fies, um, voice acting with the... That's fine, but I, would, I wouldn't like actual voice acting. Yeah. Next. Um, our next one is from TikTok. Oh, we've heard from them, them a few before. times. Uh, do you think Z-Talk will ever do a video podcast? I think that would be awesome. Um, no. I would like to say maybe. Maybe. You have to give the idea a chance. But then I have to put my face on internet. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll get you like a mask or something. All Phantom of the Opera-ish or something like that. Okay, I'd be cool with that. I know you would. That's why I said it. So, um... The answer from me is a maybe. I wouldn't mind doing maybe a special. 
but... Can I stand behind a camera? We'll, we'll, we'll figure <laughs> it out. We'll figure it out. Okay, our next question is from Pippa21336. The question is, I was just wondering what your favorite song from any of the Zelda games is. I really love the Ballad of the Windfish from Link's Awakening, as well as Zelda's Lullaby from Ocarina of Time. I like quite a few songs out of the Zelda series. I think, you know, that's kind of one thing that they're known for. Um, the New Way of Bossa Nova from Majora's Mask has, has, I've always liked that one. I also really like the Nocturne of Shadow from Ocarina of Time. You know what? I personally do not actually have a favorite. I actually no? enjoy most of them. There's a couple that I'm like, eh, I could take it or leave it. But most of them I actually do enjoy, and I do listen to sometimes on my iPod. Song of Storms gets an honorable mention from me. Why is that? I like it too. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Alright, our next one is from S. Rider George. And the question is, hey guys, George here. I just finished playing Skyward Sword, and I thought up of something I think is kind of interesting. What if there was a Zelda game set in modern times? I think it would be interesting. It would also be a good time to do something new, like say, give our hero a voice. Anyway, I wanted your opinions on this. Did you no voice. Did you send this question to Axel the Beast too? Because he recently had this question on one of his mailbags. Did he actually? I think so. Well, yeah, may- maybe I'm just dreaming. He sent us this one a while ago. Well. We're digging this up from the dust. Okay. This um, is from, like, January. To answer We're the question, Zelda has progressed quite a bit. We've had more technology and that kind of thing in Skyward Sword. The, um, the Nehru mines are a really good example. Example. The time crystals, the robots themselves. Yeah, all the, all the different technology that we saw. Um... I don't know how modern you're meaning. Like, to me, modern times, nobody uses a sword and shield. Um, and that, the medieval portion of Skyward Sword, or, of Skyward Sword, of Zelda, um, in terms of weaponry, is something, is something I love, and I wouldn't want to see go. But, I don't know, if you set it in, like, a city, like a modern day city, but you still had all the different, all the items in the medieval time, I think that'd be interesting. I think you would almost have to do it as they kind of did, and I'm going to reach outside the realm of Nintendo and say Hellgate London, which Din will not know, with the Templars. They use swords, they use shields, but it's modern-day London, and there's demons. So, I mean, you could do it and have a technology backing to all of these Mm. items, but that's really the only way you could do it. There is no... there is no Link firing a machine gun. No. Okay, that should never be. <laughs> no. And I think that's blasphemy. Me too. All right. Our next question is from Aaron66, and they ask, If you could have any mask in a Majora's Mask to use for a practical purpose, what mask would it be, and what purpose would it serve for you? We've had this question before, I think. Um, I picked Bunny Hood. Because it's like, super fast. The question we had before, which which one do you like the most? Oh, I'm pretty sure. Well, I still pick the bunny hood because then I'd be super fast and super agile, and I'd be like, "Yo, what's up? I'm at work already, and I just left home." Fair enough. (laughs) Um, I would probably go with the uh, Zora's mask, actually. That was my second choice. 
for sure. Because then I could be like, and just swim around. And your your job would become a lot easier if you were as well. Yeah, I would just stay underwater. <laughs> oh, kids drowning, pop. Here you go. Kids up. All right. And uh, the last question I think we're going to get to today is from Pickle Fish Lips. And they... <laughs> <laughs> good that, name. That, that's a good I name. I like it. Um, and they were asking... What are your individual favorite boss battles in the whole Zelda series? So oh my gosh, I think you want me to do want each us, game? No, no, I think they want us each to answer that. Oh. That's what I'm... Out of the whole series? From the whole series. Holy cow, that's a lot of bosses to think of. I would probably pick... Um, Fyrus would be right up there from Twilight Princess, from the Goron Mines. Um, I also really liked the... Um, Battle with Girahim. The last battle with Girahim. I'm going to have to go with the witches battle from Ocarina of Time when you fight the witches. Oh, Twinrova. Yeah. Oh. When you fight Twinrova. Yeah, that's a pretty good one too. It brings in that new mechanic of I have to reflect the attack from one into the other person in order to damage them. It brings that whole mechanic together Tactics. with the idea of the mirror shield. Which a lot of games kind of lose. They they give you the item for the dungeon, and you're supposed to use it against the boss, but you don't truly use it mm -hmm. in such a large-scale way as the mirror shield. Yeah. So I'm going to have to say that one's my favorite. I thought you'd pick Bongo Bongo. Why? Because I'm super awesome at it, and I never get hit? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, guys. Even in uh, hero mode, I can just... There is no Bongo, there is no Bongo. hero mode in Ocarina you know of Time. What I mean. Master Quest. Master Quest. Well, you still get the same I amount of hearts. I call it hero mode. You still get the same amount of hearts. It does. He still hits you hard. But if you there's no hit, difference in the battle. Yes, there is. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. No, there isn't. Anyways, guys, <laughs> that's all we have time for for the mailbag. So I will argue with Din later. We'll move on to our next segment. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. Okay, so next up we have a submission from someone named Sako McMango. And they want to talk to us about some connections they found between Twilight Princess and Spirit Tracks. Wow, those are two games I never thought that would really have connections. Yeah, he talks about maps and all kinds of... Well, I'm not going to tell you what he talks about, just listen. Hey, it's Sako McMango here for a sort of loose connection video. So... And right now I'm going to be talking about the connections of Twilight Princess and Spirit Tracks. Now, first I'm going to go over the map. So, pretty much for the map references right now I have on my screen that you cannot see are the Ocarina of Time map, because it is almost identical to the Twilight Princess map if it's sort of uh, 90 degrees angled to the right. So it's up and down instead of side to side. And then I have the new Hyrule map <coughs> from uh, Spirit Tracks. So, first connections in the map are the mountain region in Spirit Tracks is right around where Death Mountain is. I'm sort of saying Castle Town and the Tower of Spirits are kind of in the same area for this reference, but, you know. And then the water area is loosely in the same. I'm not really going to be counting the ice or the 
um, desert area that's in the water region just because of I'm lazy and don't feel like tackling that. Again, this is loose connections. Then the forest area is kind of hard because the forest area in uh, Twilight Princess is all the way down away from the fields. But so I'm pretty much just counting Hyrule Field as the forest area. Then somehow <clears throat> the I guess no, actually, I really think about it. I think the ice area is actually in the mountain province. Going to have to review my maps again to actually know if that is true. Let me see. Okay, so I was right. It is about where it is. <clears throat> but then <clears throat> the mountain area is kind of weird, the like fiery mountain area. But um, again, this is loosely connections. So that's sort of the map. So then there is the Boblins that ride around. And then for anyone that knows Twilight Princess, or sorry, Spirit Tracks, knows that Bulblins also ride around and shoot bombs at you in that game. So, I have to imagine, after the final dungeon in Hyrule Castle and you beat uh, King Bulblin in Twilight Princess, he either retires or dies or whatever he does, but I'm sure some of the Bulblins are still wanting in on some pillaging action. So, in New Hyrule, they're like still pillaging a few of them. And then I think... It gives, uh, like, if you give a few hundred years, it gives them enough time to develop locomotive power and um, build a giant tower and maybe the environment could change a little bit, like the map. So I think overall, it's actually a pretty good connection. So, I mean, tell me what you think. Uh, if you want to see this in video form, you can do this on YouTube. And uh, yeah, Sako McMango signing off. Thank you very much for your submission, Sako McMango. It's given me some things to think about. Um, I need to listen to it and really think about it a few more times before I decide whether or not I quite agree with you. Although, your initial argument does make sense. Welcome to July's Community Question of the Month. This is Din, and I was driving around Zelda Dungeon City, and I saw this big sign that said Zelda Dungeon Zoo. So I thought, well, we better go check that out. And I'll tell you what, this is a popular place. There's a lot of people here. I drove around the parking lot for what felt like an hour and still couldn't find a parking spot, but I did find Mossy's vehicle. So I just uh, double parked a little, and uh, hopefully he's having a lot of fun at the zoo and doesn't have my vehicle towed. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, um... The community question of the month this month comes from Link's Destiny, and the question is, if you could pick any one of Link's previous sidekicks to be your own, which one would you pick and why? So uh, I thought we'd go in the zoo here and see who we could find to answer the question. luck. There's a group of ZD people standing right inside the gate. Hey guys! Oh, looks like it's a pretty good day at the zoo. What are you guys looking at? Sheep. Love sheep. sheep. Seems like sheep. So I have with me uh, Axel the Beast, Jin, and Hanyu. How are you guys doing today? And your sheep? Uh, pretty good. Still love sheep. <laughs> good. I have a community question of the month for you. 
The question of the month is, if you could pick any one of Link's previous sidekicks to be your own, which one would you pick and why? Bye. Why Midna? Why though? She's hot. The hair. <laughs> the big hand hair. Like every every time. There's been a few times in my life I've worn a bridge coat too. But I didn't have a little impish, you know, little girlfriend to use her hair to like moving. You know, like in all seriousness, if you bar the whole like telling you everything that you already know thing, Fi is supposed to have like a wealth of knowledge, so she's like an encyclopedia and she's fine. Fi can get pretty annoying, actually. So. Yeah, yeah, but really that, that, see, see, I haven't even said Google, so I, I, I can't there, there you go. And you don't need that 80, 85% stuff. Well, for me, it's, it's Navi. So. What if they were accurate percentages, though? Because most people just pull the percentages out of their butts, and they're not real. How do we know? Like, can can everything be 85%? Because it's like 85% of the percentages. She's hot. I'm annoying you right now. Yes, you are. <laughs> that's, that's, that's video game logic stuff, though. In real life, that would be way less annoying. But can't yeah, you just... Get yourself an iPhone and use Google and take the uh, picture entirely. An iPhone is hot. But not in my case. An iPhone isn't hot. <laughs> I like that that's the requirement. Pictures that are. <laughs> <laughs> Image search. <laughs> yeah, okay. Got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, this is getting R-rated. I'm going to cut this off here. Thank you so much for your answers, guys. Enjoy your sheep. And I'm going to find some more people to answer the question. Thank you so much. Bye. Are you going to say bye? Bye. Oh, yeah, yeah, bye. Sorry, I was saying bye. Distracted by the sheep. Okay. Wait to the sheep. Wait to the sheep. See you guys later. See ya. See ya. So we got one vote for Phi, one vote for Midna, and one vote for Navi. And for a very special array of reasons, I'm going to walk a little farther into the zoo here and see who else we can... Oh, hey, Rish! I didn't know you were coming to the zoo today. Yeah, I came to pet the llamas. Seriously? That's what we have at the zoo? Sheep and llamas? Well, yeah, this is a petting zoo, isn't it? Oh! Well, that makes a lot more sense. I was wondering where the lions and the zebras were. Well, yeah, no, there's no lions. There's penguins, though. Oh, I love penguins. I'll go pet the penguins after. But first, since I found you, you have to answer a community question. Community. What? what? Why? Too bad. No choice. What? Nobody else gets a choice. <sighs> so the community question this month comes from Link's Destiny. If you could pick any of Link's previous sidekicks, who would you pick and why? Mmm, that's a that's a really tough one actually. Um How do you define sidekicks? Well, the official sidekicks like Navi, Tattle, Elzo, Midna <sighs> da, 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 da. So I can't say Tingle then. No. No. What why would you pick Tingle? You hate Tingle. Well, you see, Tingle would make the best sidekick. Because you could send him ahead of you, and he would set off all the traps. Oh, God. 
That's awful. That's not awful. Yes, it is awful. He would be fine because sidekicks don't truly pass away. Really? So he'd be fine, and I wouldn't be killed by traps. It'd be fantastic. Okay, I'm gonna go find the penguins. (laughs) Thank you for your answer. (laughs) Either that, or I want uh, the chain chomp. That's that's not a sidekick. That was Madame Meow Meow's pet. Fine. (laughs) I guess I'd like Tattle. Why? Because she's the only one left. Because Tattle doesn't say, "Hey, hey, look, listen, hey." Okay. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go find the penguins. You have fun with your llamas. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it, Link's Destiny. We got one vote for Fi, Midna, Navi, and Tattle, or Tingle, or the Chainchomp, or whoever you want to say that. I'll just let you guys decide on who Rish actually voted for. But uh, if I were to answer the question, I'd pick Midna. I would agree with Jin and pick her. She was actually a really great sidekick, I thought. I really liked her. I thought she was a good character, and she was helpful. Um... And I think that that annoyance factor will always be there with a sidekick, because if they don't tell you about things, then they're not really helping, which makes them a really bad sidekick. I hope you enjoyed this community question of the month. I'm going to make my way over to the penguin exhibit and hopefully go find my car unharmed. Hopefully nobody keyed it. And uh, we'll see you guys later! So next up, we have another submission from Colonel Majora. I believe uh, he's going to revisit an old discussion that we had from way back in the very beginning of Z-Talk, and he's going to talk about some of the items in the Legend of Zelda series. He's got a top ten list for us, so let's go to that. Hi, Azidi fans. It's Colonel Majora again, here to give you more of Legendary Reflections. Today I'm going to give you something a little different, my top 10 items list of the Zelda series. I've got quite a bit to say today, so I'm going to talk pretty quick at this time around, but at, bear with me, and I'm also a little bit sick this week, so again, bear with me. This list is based on functionality, reuse value, how well it's used in the Zelda series, and to quote Z-Talk's own Dean Acura, the, uh, the coolness factor. But let's get right on in, into it. Starting with number 10. As you know, Zelda Majora's Mask had an inventory space of 24 different masks, five of which could transform you into something totally awesome. And yes, I do include the Fierce Deity Mask and the Giant's Mask. Yeah, it counts. (laughs) But the one thing that most players consider to be the best is the Zora Mask. The Goron Mask made it easy for straight-out travel, but was erratic and unbalanced. The Deku Mask was useful in many ways, but horridly weak. So, the Zora Mask, which was much more enjoyable, swims up at num- the number 10 spot. It had a perfect balance of well-worthy function and simple yet fun control. Plus, you had to use it several times in the game, but it was certainly not a chore. The feeling of flight through the water was uncanny, the shielding was useful, and the boomerang-like fins added some distance attacks to Zora Link's ninja-like on-land attacks. It was truly an entertaining transformation, but it's... Slightly slow movement on land kept it a bit low on the list, as well as 
how you had to use it so many times that it might get a little boring to use sometimes. But anyway, number nine. In Zelda Wind Waker, there was an extremely lengthy, le lengthy excuse me, trading quest that involved going to various islands to trade items with NPCs. The final prize was a piece of heart, but the partway through prize was a real treat. In Twilight Princess, this item was a bit easier to get, but its price in rupees was quite ridiculous. This item, guarding its spot at number 9, is the Magic Armor. It makes for a very handy defense tactic in a tight situation. For the small price of some magic in Wind Waker, or the unfortunately large price of rupees in Twilight Princess. Honestly, once you get the hang of both games, the armor really wasn't needed, but Wind Waker's Savage Labyrinth and Twilight Princess's Cave of Ordeals took some nifty weapon work, so at times, you might feel like you really needed it. These two cavern, secret caverns, if you would call them dungeons, they would be my two favorite in the whole series. But I never go in without my fancy number 9 spot armor. Anyway, number 8. Next up is, the, is a worthy reward of a, an equally extensive side quest in another game. It has twice as much power as the Master Sword and can reach even further and makes fighting Ganon in the end of Ocarina of Time a lot easier. You still need the Master Sword in the end of that, but still, the big Goron sword slicing in at number 8 was just as worthy to get. This is one of my a favorites of the Zelda side quest items in the whole series. And I get it every time I play through a new game of Ocarina of Time. It takes quite a long time to get, but adds a nice element of side content that Ocarina of Time already had. The only issue keeping it at number 8 would be that you can't use your shield while holding it, and the actual length of the side quest that is required to get it. And number 7. If there's one thing that the Super Mario series has mastered over the Zelda series, it's that classic platformer jumping style. But, with the items gliding through the air at the number 7 spot, the Rock's Feather and Rock's Cape, Link can finally soar through the air like that red Italian plumber we all love so much. It would not have appeared in 3D games because it wasn't really needed, but it always made the 2D Zelda experience a lot easier. Not much to say about it though, except for the fact that not being in the 3D games is what's keeping it kind of low on the list. Number 6. This item is a huge symbol of how the Zelda series does not need complex and futuristic weapons to be awesome. Spinning through the air around my number 6 spot is the Boomerang, which has been in every Zelda game to date, except Skyward Sword, and its controls, look, and usability are only changed for the better over the years. We have already seen it grab items, stun enemies, spin propellers, target multiple objects, and hit things around corners. So we can only wait and see what future Zelda games bring to the table. Number 5. If you have played any of the more critically acclaimed Zelda games, you've probably seen some sort of instrument. Whether it's Oracle of Ages harp, Zelda 1's flute, Spirit Tracks pipe flute, or any of the Majora's Mask items. But the most significant of all of them would have to be the only one with a, na with a game named after it. And no, it is not the Wind Waker. That baton is not an instrument. Deal with it. Just kidding. Uh, anyway, I'm actually talking about the ocarinas of the series, which are serenading the spot number five. The ocarina is the most famous of the Zelda instruments. Not only did the ocarina of wind make the traveling of Zelda Minish Cap so much easier, but 
it obviously made Ocarina of, of Time and Majora's Mask two incredibly musical experiences. You can teleport, change the time of day, make the ra make rain fall from the sky, and you call the giants, or any of a whole a bunch of other things. The tunes you play are the, some of the most incredible tunes in the entire series, and the addition of Ocarina to the series' soundtracks only adds to that nice medieval feeling that Zelda's famous for. And number four, there's often times when you have to carry smaller or less significant things in the Zelda series, and for some unnameable reason, Link can't just shove them into his bottom's pockets like he does with all those giant items like the ball and chain or powder kegs. So for this unfixable issue, apparently, Nintendo decided to add some crystal clear items clearly capable of bottling up my number four spot on this list. Most of you have got guessed it already, but if not, it's the bottles. The empty bottles are some of the most helpful items in the in, in any game series I've played. You can use them to hold po potions, bugs, fire, fairies, Majora's Mask's Deku Princess, and who knows how much more. Plus, using them to reflect Ganon, Phantom Ganon, and Agnim's magic is pretty awesome too. There's always enough bottles to collect in the games, so you'll always have, in, uh, have plenty of reason to celebrate their existence. And Zelda Dungeon's own Trevor Mignani, over at their YouTube channel, made a video that pretty much convinced me to make this item a whole lot higher on my list. So, number three is a weapon that who, which has symbolism, backstory, and purpose that just make a huge amount of the legends in the Legend of Zelda series. Unsheathing at number three is the Master Sword. There's a lot less to say here, considering how you simply King Arthur it out of its pedestal, and use it for most of whatever game you're playing at the time. But since no one ever tires of using it, and again, we have Skyward Sword, a whole game about its origins, it deserves being pretty high on my list. And number two, well, I think I'm just gonna tell you outright, it's the Hook Shot, Long Shot, Switch Hook, Long Switch, Claw Shot, or Double Claw Shots. Yeah, sorry for the long name, but it's reappearing, remaking, and renaming has never made the game and the uh, the item any less fun. It's been in almost every Zelda game since A Link to the Past, and it's arguably the most constantly evolving weapon in the whole series. The hookshot appeared in A Link to the Past, and then eventually made it into first person in Ocarina of Time, then back to 2D again in Oracle of Ages and Seasons. Then, if it weren't enough, Nintendo has said, Hey, we're awesome, we're gonna throw in a second one. So you get to use two at a time in Twilight Princess. Now for number one, this is easily the most valuable and variable weapon in the whole series. It showed up in every game except for Zelda 2, and can be upgraded more than any other weapon. Sniping that number one spot on this list is the bow and arrows. Upgrades with fire, ice, silver, and light they are pretty good, but upgrades of the Hawkeye and bomb arrows from Twilight Princess are the closest thing to a medieval sniper rifle and rocket launcher that any Zelda fan has ever seen. And Twilight Princess's bomb arrows were definitely more awesome than the ones in uh, Link's Awakening. Plus, who hasn't ever wanted to just cat baddies from far away? The bow and arrows have gone from top-down shooting, to third-person 3D targeting, to motion control aiming, and the fact that the arrows can be upgraded in so many ways makes it so that you can never get tired of getting to use them again and again to solve the trickiest brain teasers and to engage in the most enjoyable battles. 
But that's all for now. Thanks for listening to my list of my top 10 favorite items in The Legend of Zelda. Now, I want to hear from you guys. What are your favorite items? Send me a list of your favorites to colonelmajora at gmail.com. Oh, and let me know if you guys want to hear more top 10 Zelda, uh, Zelda lists sometime. But thanks again for hearing me out, and let's head back to Din and Rish. Maybe they'll even tell us what their favorite items in the series are. Well, um, I cannot truly remember which item I would call my favorites, and that might have changed over time. So if you go back to some of the beginning podcasts and you hear it, it might be a different answer. But what I'm going to have to say is I'm going to actually have to say the boots. The different kinds of boots. Oh, good answer. Um, mine hasn't changed. I would still say the double claw shot. Skyward Sword didn't produce anything that I really loved. The beetle was cool, but it didn't, like, blow my mind. No, and uh, I wouldn't count the uh, upgrading your weapons as... No. I like the double claw shot. still my favorite. Yeah. And now the Keaton Quiz. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Keaton Quiz. This is Zetox Game Show, where two contestants are asked ten questions from three different categories. The Legend of Zelda, where they must show their knowledge of the games in the series. Z-Tunes, where they must name the title of a song and what game the song is from. And Zelda Dungeon, where they show their knowledge of our website. Legend of Zelda and Zelda Dungeon questions are worth one point each. Z-Tunes questions are worth two points. One for the correct title and one for the correct game. Contestants have 15 seconds to buzz in and 15 seconds after buzzing to answer a question correctly. If a contestant buzzes before the question has been read in its entirety, the remainder of the question will not be read. If a contestant buzzes in and hesitates for more than the 15 seconds or gives a wrong answer, his or her opponent may steal a chance at the question. At this time, the question may be reread. All questions and answers are created from Zelda Dungeon's web pages. The winner of the game becomes the champion and moves on to the next round to challenge a new opponent. Anyone can be a contestant on the Keaton Quiz, but all applicants should note that cheating of any kind is grounds for disqualification. Good luck to all of our contestants. Alright, so I'd like to introduce our champion. It's a new one. It's Tattletales. Hello, Tattle. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. Alright, and can I hear your buzzing sound, please? Alright. And did you want to tell us something about you? About yourself? Um, there really isn't much to say about me except for I'm really good at Zelda games, Sonic games, and the entertainment biz. Fantastic. I plan to go professional in it once oh. I have the ability to do so. Oh, well, we wish you the best of luck on that. Right on. Thank and you. the challenger for this Keaton quiz is LinkDude1997. Hello there. Hi. Alright, and can I hear your buzzing sound, please? Some good solid clapping. Clap. Alright. Good stuff. Uh, good luck. Thank you. Good luck to you. I think you might need it more than me. 
Oh. A little uh, veiled challenge there. A little bit of smack talk. <laughs> All right. If you're both ready, we'll get started. Yep, I'm good. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready too. Question number one. Category, The Legend of Zelda. What item will 15 stamps get you in spirit tracks? Tattle. Um, the change of clothes so you can wear your train, um, train conductor outfit again. That is correct yeah. for one point. All right. Question number two. Category, Z-Tunes. Name the title of this song. Link Dude. Uh, that is the Hyrule Castle theme from uh, Minish Cap. Yes, it is! Oh, and he comes back with a vengeance. So now the score is Tattle 1, Link Dude 2. Going into the third question. Question number three. Category, Zelda Dungeon. What three networking sites are displayed at the top of Zelda... Tattle. Zelda Dungeon, Pokemon Dungeon, and Darksiders Dungeon. That is correct. Right on. So... We're all tied up. The Dungeon Gaming Network has grown. We continue to grow. Okay. Question number four. Category... The Legend of Zelda. On which island do you learn the Winds Requiem in the Rin Wind Tattle? Um, Dragon Roost Island, but technically it's that little tiny island with just the two shrines and the little door thing right behind it, but it's still technically part of Dragon Roost. That is correct. <laughs> That's correct. And thank you for the explanation on that. I would have just taken Dragon Roost. <laughs> hey. I wanted to she's, make sure that you guys were trying to be technical. Yeah, no. Nope. She is correct on that, though. She is correct. Okay. Question number five. Category, The Legend of Zelda. Both the boat in Phantom Hourglass and the train in Spirit Tracks are powered by what? Tattle. That, that is, is correct. correct. Tattles up four to two. Going into question number six. Question number six. Category Z Tunes. Name the title of this song. Oh, that was close. Link Dude got it in first. Uh, okay, is that when the uh, train is chasing you in? Spirit tracks, possibly. No, that is incorrect. Tattle, can you give me the correct answer? It's when those guardians. Forgive me if they aren't. That's the actual name, but um, the guardians find you in the silent realm in spirit tracks. Well, not spirit tracks. Skyward Sword. I meant Skyward Sword. Wrong name came out, but I meant Skyward Sword. I'll give it to you. Woo! <laughs> When the guardians awaken in Skyward Sword, I almost, I almost had Rish hit the buzzer when you said spirit tracks. Good save. But it was a good quick recovery, so we'll take it. <laughs> wow, Tattles up to six. But Link Dude's at two, so there's still a chance. Sorry, Link Dude. It's all good. Wrong question. I'm a bit rusty. I haven't played a Zelda game in quite a while. Oh no. Well, question number seven. Category. Zelda Dungeon. Who 
can contribute and edit the Zelda Dungeon wiki. Link Dude. Uh, it's the Matthews. That is incorrect. Tattle. Who can contribute and edit the Zelda Dungeon wiki? I have no idea. I'm just going to throw out um, Caleb Simpson. <laughs> that is also incorrect. The correct answer is actually everyone, everyone can. I they just I have to sign up. If you make yourself an account on the Zelda Dungeon wiki, you can contribute and edit Zelda Dungeon's web pages. I thought there might have been like a... At least they're wiki. Well, the wiki name for the people who are allowed to be on the wiki. <laughs> no nope. worries. Like because wiki that... guards or wikiologists or something. That would be a ton of people. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, question number eight. Category, The Legend of Zelda. How many bottles are there to collect in A Link to the Past? Tattle. There, there are four. I'm actually playing A Link to the Past now, so I remembered that. That is, <laughs> that is correct. correct. I'm halfway through to the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the current score I, is... I lost Helmut Sword just a couple hours ago, and I'm like, no, I'm quitting. I'm just gonna wait. <laughs> the current score is Tattle 7, Link Dude 2. Question number nine. Category, The Legend of Zelda. What year was the original Ocarina of Time released? Link Dude. 1998. That is correct, and that is a year I remember well. <laughs> Link Dude's in three! Yay. Yay! Right on, there's still one more question. And the category is Z-Tunes. So this question's worth two points. Name the title of this song. Link Dude! Oh, that's just the ice cavern in uh, Ocarina of Time? Yes, it that is! That is correct for two. It was a valiant effort, Unfortunately, but not Tattle comes out on with seven, Link Dude, five. Good job, good job you guys. Job. Only one question that you, you both you got actually was. Did pretty good, too. You guys were really quick on those two buzzers. We're right on top of each other. There was a couple judgment calls where Din had to look at me to kind of confirm who <laughs> went. Well, thanks so much for playing, guys, but Tattle holds her throne, and we will see her again next time here on the Keaton Quiz. Thanks for playing! Thank yes. you. Glad to be here. All right. Take it easy, guys, and we'll talk to you later. Bye! Got it. Bye! Bye. Alright, that's all we have time for this time on Z-Talk, the Zelda Dungeon podcast. We hope you enjoyed the podcast, guys. And remember, we're always looking for your suggestions and your comments. You can comment in the comment section below or in the discussion thread for Z-Talk number 23 on the Zelda Dungeon forums. Also, I'm always looking for more questions and uh, more suggestions for uh, community tips at dinandrish at gmail.com Also, we're starting to run low on mailbag questions, guys. you got to get those voice questions and those text questions in for the mailbag. Again, you can send it to that email. Also, if you'd like to be a contestant on the Keaton Quiz, you can sign up on the ZD forums. There is a sticky thread called... Called Keaton <laughs> Quiz Sign Up. And um, also more segments. We're always looking for more segments. If you'd like to be on the podcast make sure you check out the invitation on the forums that will tell you all about how to make your own podcast segment that's right din 
This was Din. And this was Rish. And this was Z-Talk, the Zelda Dungeon podcast. Thanks for listening. Question number five. I'm sorry. Category. I'm sorry, Rish is hand motioning at me. Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, hailing from the falling moon, it's Colonel Majora! <laughs> hello, hello. It's really, it's really horrible on that moon.